What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Creating Madness. I'm here as usual, my good friend and co-host, Ethan. Ethan, what's happening? Not much. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, we're going over ESPN's way too early top 25 list that they edited about three weeks ago. So we're going to see what ESPN has to say about the college basketball landscape this year for the teams at the top. Uh, real quickly, before we get into this crazy list, Ethan, go over our socials. As always, at ATR Madness for our Twitter. Follow for all of your college basketball needs. All right. In that case, let's just jump into number one. So you got North Carolina at the top. ESPN gave their top ranking to the Tar Heels after their national championship appearance last season where they lost. Uh, so this team is headlined um, by Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia leaving. Um, but in them to fill their place is Jalen Washington, who has a four-star center, and Northwestern standout Peter Nance. Um, so, you know, they had a lot of production on the forward spot leave, and they have guys to fill their spot. The guard trio of Leaky Black, Caleb Love, and R.J. Davis is back, along with Armando Baycott. Um, the team also has depth, guys like Puff Johnson and others to fill out their bench. Um, this team's maybe a little lower than one, in my opinion, but for sure top three. So, ESPN, good job on your first team. Ethan, what do we have at number two? Number two, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Team that always manages to succeed in the NCAA tournament until it reaches the national championship round. I feel like two is a good spot for them. You have Nolan Hickman, Malachi Smith, Razier Bolton, Julian Strother, Drew Timmy as the projected starting five from ESPN, as well as some depth there. Malachi Smith coming in from Chattanooga. I loved him last year. I talked about him probably way too much than I should for a national college basketball podcast. But him being in Gonzaga, he'll be in the spotlight. And you know, Drew Timmy is arguably the best player in the country. They are a top five team. Two might be a bit high for them, but it's not too high. Two could be just right. ESPN's doing good so far. Perfect. Uh, speaking of ESPN doing good, I love their next ranking at Houston number three. So to guys and girls who aren't too familiar with the college basketball landscape, you might be a little puzzled why Houston's so high, but they had a really good season last year and they're returning most of their talent along with um, their main player who was hurt in the middle of the season, Marcus Sasser. So he will be back along with the guard duo of Terrence Akronow, a four-star freshman from Belmont, Texas, who played very well um, in the Texas State Tournament, got his team in a state championship at the 5A level, along with Austin native Jamal Shedd, who played very well in the tournament last year. Um, their center from last year, uh, Josh Carlton's gone, but they have a five-star IMG Academy power forward in Jairus Walker coming in to make a massive upgrade at that spot. Um, they have great front court and backcourt depth. They also have, you know, Juwan Roberts, com Roberts coming in, uh, who got some rotation minutes last year to fill out the uh, center spot. Um, depth could potentially be an issue, though. But uh, this team, coached by Kelvin Sampson, usually figures out how to play with a short rotation. I'm really liking this team at number three, and this is where I would have them on my own list. So, Ethan, let's move on to number four, which is Kentucky. Well, Kentucky, as always – is going to have some top freshmen. Carson Wallace is as well as they bring in Antonio Reeves, a player from Illinois State University. Points for game last year. Glad to get him out of the Missouri Valley personally, but they're looking good with those two additions as well as keeping Severe Wheeler and Oscar Shibley intact. And I'd say four is definitely their ceiling. 
but 10 is their floor. Calipari's always really good in the regular season. We'll see how he does come postseason, but for now, four is a good spot. Okay, fair. All right, let's move on to our number five team, two Blue Bloods back-to-back. We have the Duke Blue Devils. So, in terms of Duke starting five, they potentially have the best starting five in the college country or in the in the country uh, on paper. So we have three of the top sent three of the top seven uh, ESPN top one hundred in Derek Whitehead, Cal Flipowski, and Derek Lively all committing there. Derek Lively being one, Cal Flipowski being seven, and Derek Whitehead being two. So definitely a formidable freshman trio coming in. Um, they might have an issue with a small forward spot, but with three highly talented freshmen and a veteran point guard in Jeremy Roach coming back. Um, the lack of depth won't really matter. This team could be a little lower because they're missing, obviously, Coach K, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. Uh, he'll be replaced by longtime assistant John Shire, who won a national championship with Coach K as a player. So I don't think the coaching will be too much of an issue for this season, at least. He probably won't be as good as Coach K, but he should do a serviceable job. Um, five seems like a very appropriate ranking. They could be a lot lower, and they could be a lot higher, just based on how well these freshmen play. The Kansas Jayhawks, Bobby Pettiford, Dewan Harris, KJ Adams, Grady Dick, Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson, Ernest Uda. Those are seven players who look like they're going to be rounding out the rotation. Hell, you can even add Zach Clements in there too. You have eight players who are ready to earn minutes and starting positions, and you have numerous freshmen that didn't even play much at all last year as well. This team coming off their national championship, maybe a lot too many faces to compete for that one spot, but six is perfect for them in the sense that Jalen Bolson's going to be leading them, Grady Dick on the corner, and Kevin McCuller and Dewan. Themselves. All right, so what, is this a good ranking for Kansas, you think? I think Kansas could be a little bit lower, but I think six overall is pretty good. He's been doing a good job so far. I'm impressed. These lists are usually awful. All right, moving on to number seven, we have the Creighton Blue Jays. Again, for those who aren't very familiar with college basketball, Creighton's usually not towards the very, very top echelon of college basketball teams, but this year they have a really, really good-looking team. Uh, this team's loaded class of four stars from last year's class. That includes Ryan Nemhart at point, Trey Alexander and Arthur Kalum at Ford are all back along with star center from last year, Ryan Kalkburner, um, who suffered an injury. So we don't necessarily know his status immediately, but he will be back this season. Um, and they also add Baylor Shireman from South Dakota state and South Dakota state had a really impressive scoring team last year. He added 16.2 on great shooting. So this team has a really Scary starting five. Um, like faced with a lot of college basketball teams, I'm worried about this team's depth, but coach Doug McDermott senior is a competent coach who can adjust around this. I personally have them a little lower. So this is the first like kind of big mistake I see with ESPN. I think this team is like a little outside the top 10, but this isn't horrendous at all. I still think Creighton could be a really good team this year. And I could maybe see the reason why they'd have them at seven. So ESPN first thing I disagree with, but it's not horrendous whatsoever. And at number eight, we have the Baylor Bears. So Baylor is an interesting team in the sense that they lost Matthew Mayer. So they lost their point forward. However, they bring in Jalen Bridges. They bring in Keontae George. They bring in Caleb Lohner. 
and they still managed to have three of their key pieces from last year, and Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Flo Famba. Baylor's going to be a very interesting team just because of the simple fact Keontae George has to run the point. The freshman point guard usually works in the regular season, but come tournament time, it doesn't. So for the regular season, again, ESPN is doing very solid with these rankings. Eight for Baylor looks absolutely perfect. All right. And at number nine, we have the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, they return one of their eight top scorers. So on the service, while looking into it, that seems really scary. And they're not even returning one of their top three. It's their number five scorer in Devontae Davis. But this team has some unbelievable talent coming in. In terms of the team with the highest ceiling, this could potentially be the team with the highest ceiling if all their freshmen perform as well as we think they are. Um, they have... Five stars, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black all starting. So their guard and small forward spots are all locked up in the starting lineup. Um, you can maybe have Devontae Davis coming off the bench, which is a really, really good uh, guard pairing. You also have Ricky Council, the fourth, transferring in from Wichita State, another good point guard or combo guard to come into this really, really loaded backcourt. Um, you can also have Jordan Walsh um, playing some small forward. And... The big men, I'm a little worried about. This is this team's like only like you could say weakness, but they do have twins, Mikel and Makai Mitchell transferring in from Ireland, where they both averaged 10 points, along with Jalen Graham coming in from Arizona State, where he also averaged 10 points. And they all did this on solid efficiency. All of them are 6'10. And we'll see how they hold up on defense. Obviously, we have three freaky athletic five stars coming in. So hopefully. The must-bust can get them to play some really good defense, but this team has the potential to be the best team in the country, and this team also has the potential to be towards the bottom of the top 25. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do. I think number nine is a pretty appropriate ranking, although they could be much higher and much lower. I I personally don't care where this team is as long as they're up in the top 15 and below the top five. So there's a lot of arguments to be made, but this is a really fun team to watch, and I think this number nine rating is perfectly okay. Moving on to number 10, we have the UCLA Bruins. So the Bruins are interesting in the sense that they retain Tiger Campbell, who's one of the more interesting point guards, to say the least, in the country. They retain Jaime Hoskins, who's on a good day when he's healthy. He's the best wing in the country. And they have Jalen Clark, who should be the next man up in their system as well as bringing in a few key pieces, namely two of them being Amari Bailey, Chicago kid, fifth in ESPN 100. Amari Bailey have been going to die with the exception of Alonzo Ball. And then they also have Adam Bona, who has been looking absolutely incredible, supposedly someone who's been with Mick since he was back at Cincinnati, said that this is the most any player's ever improved since be in one year from high school to college should be an interesting team this year and just for all the offseason hype i've been seeing i feel like 10 is actually a deserved spot all right ucl has been putting in work these previous years so definitely don't have to sleep on this team anymore Next up at 11, we have my Texas Longhorns. Really happy to see them here in the top 15. Uh, some people who are haters have them outside the top 15, but I think this team has the potential to be really, really good this season. All bias aside, uh, starting out with this team's guard depth, it's unbelievable. 
You have Marcus Carr, who was one of the best guards in the country, not only last year, but the season before. You have Tyrese Hunter, who's the Big 12 freshman of the year and third in the running for Big 12 player of the year, transferring it from Iowa State. So he already has some Iowa, he has already has some Big 12 experience that he can bring to this team. Five star and best number one point guard in the country, Artario Morris, coming in, who he probably won't even start, frankly. Um, a five star as your sixth man is pretty good to have. And you also have New Mexico State guard standout, Serge Abari Rice. Um, coming in, who will be a very effective player in his role. Again, he probably won't start at all, but he will be a nice seventh or eighth man complimentary piece. Uh, piece sorry. The front court is also very good. Uh, maybe not as good as the back court, but they have some really good names out there. They have five star Dylan Mitchell, number four overall player in the country, coming in to play small forward. You got Timmy Allen, who will be the team's best returning player from last season, coming back. He averaged a little over 12 points per game and had some really big performances last year. You also have Dylan DeSue coming back, who didn't play much last season but because of injuries, but he should be able to show what he did at Vanderbilt before he transferred in where he averaged 15 and 10. And you have Christian Bishop anchoring the middle, coming back. He should start. So this team has a lot of depth. They have a really good coach in Chris Beard, and they have a lot of experience now. So in a biased way, I have this team a lot higher. I have them in my six or five spot personally, but 11's fine. They've underperformed. They've underperformed in the tournament over previous years, so I understand the lower ranking. Um, but I would personally have them higher. I don't know if it's biased, but this team is going to be really, really good this season. Ethan, how are you feeling about the number twelve spot for the Tennessee Volunteers? So this is a very questionable spot because they're switching up their offense. Because Kennedy Chandler is gone. So you're taking one point guard out of your three-point guard system. So now instead of having three guys who to drive and kick back to each other or setting each other up for three-point, however, you also retain JJJ Josiah. And Oliver, I'm not going to butcher the last name, so I'm not going to. 8.6 points per game. And with those four players returning, there's one spot left in the starting lineup. And that would be Julian Phillips, who's 13th in ESPN 100. All right. So, um, so yeah, that seems like a pretty good ranking. What do you, so what are you thinking for this? Or what? So I think just because you replace the one five-star point guard with a five-star wing, it's going to be very questionable for this spot just because the offense changes. I'd probably drop them down to the mid-teens. However, I think that they definitely have a single digit as their ceiling. All right. Moving on to another SEC team at number 13, we have the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Personally, I'm a little skeptical of this ranking, but I could see why uh, ESPN has them this high. Uh, Forwards, Jabari Smith, number three uh, overall pick, in the draft, and Walker Kessler, who was the team's star center last year, head to the NBA. They replace Walker Kessler with five-star center Johan Traore, um, but there isn't necessarily a scoring filler for Jabari Smith. Um, there is another center coming in who is the Moorhead State best player overall last year at center, 6'10", um, player in Johnny Broom. 
Um, the backcourt's still solid, though, as usual. we got Wendell Green Jr., Katie Johnson, and Alan Flanagan all coming back. As you guys know, if you guys are longtime listeners, Katie Johnson is one of my favorite players in the country because of not only his skill, but how hard he hustles. So he's going to be a great leader for this team. And the freshmen coming in and new players coming in, this team struggles with death, but I have a lot of faith in Coach Pearl and his abilities. So I think this will be just fine. They'll be maybe not as good as last year, but still very good. Uh, I think this team's ranking might even be perfect where it is. I would I, I would have them a little bit lower personally, like 14, 15, but in terms of ESPN lists, this ranking's perfect. Uh, moving on to number 14, we have Villanova. So for Villanova, John, how about you take them? Just because I know next. Sure. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I can take. I can take Villanova. Um, so this team is composed of veteran talent and lethal freshmen. Usually a good combo, but Jay Wright's gone. He retired. Um, had enough college basketball as demanding as it is from the coaching's position. So I'm a little skeptical of coach Kyle Neptune coming in. Uh, he did well at Fordham. He made that team who was finishing at the very, very bottom of their conference, you know, pretty good last season. They went 500. So I think he's going to be a good coach, but I don't exactly know how he's going to fit since he's not a system guy, but we'll see. Um, you got vets, Caleb Daniels and Eric Dixon coming back in their respective spots. Caleb Daniels being the lead guard, Eric Dixon being the center from last year, Brandon Slater, who was a six man last year is also coming back. So they should have a nice starting lineup with those three. Um, but not only are they going to have some returning players, they have some new players coming in. They're going to have four star point guard, Mark Armstrong coming in. He will probably run the one this season and they have five star Cam Whitmore coming in at forward. So he should be taking a lot of shots and getting a lot of playing time at the power forward position. And I'm really excited to see how coach Neptune utilizes these two freshmen because Villanova freshmen aren't really used to playing that much. And I want to see how Kyle Neptune changes or doesn't change coach Jay Wright's philosophy of really making freshmen earn their stripes. So we'll see. Um, but I'm expecting they get a lot more playing time than usual Villanova freshmen would. This team is a really good starting five. Um, but depth is always a problem with this team. It's usually only the only problem. I mean, the past three years, they've had a phenomenal starting five and a good six man, and then it just falls off. So it's the same way this year, and it's the only thing holding them back. Knowing Villanova, they could be a lot better than 14, having their experience and the culture they have in their program. But also with the new coach, they could even fall outside the top 25. You never know. This team has enough talent to the point where I think the 14 ranking is appropriate. But I think just based on my own personal rankings, I'll have them lower until they prove it. So I'm cool with 14, but I think they should be a little lower. So moving on to 15, we have the Indiana Hoosiers. Ethan, I know you like to talk about Indiana, uh, so how yeah, about you I'm, I'm the show. I'm you know I'm just the country's number one Indiana hater, just because it's my job. I get paid to do this. It's fun. <laughs> I get paid. I get paid in John's laughs and in hate from Indiana fans. So let's start off with 15 is way too high for a team that has not proved anything. Yes, they won the Big Ten tournament. However. You're returning pretty much the exact same roster, plus a couple of freshmen, one of which will start, one of which will play a 10 to 15 minute role on the bench as of projections currently. One starter with a better shooter, all of a sudden that makes you a top 15 team. I don't see it. 
I agree with the hype that they should be a top 25 team. I'd personally put them in the 23 to 25 range, but move on to Arizona. I'm not going to take up too much time. We've already probably used 15 minutes of episode time in the past two weeks talking about Indiana. What did you have to say about Arizona there, Ethan? You can move right on into the Arizona Wildcats for me. Sure, I'll move into the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, so this team had a really good team last year by most people's standards. The TCU went to the wire with them, uh, but they managed to get out of that round of 32 game, and they ended up losing in the second weekend. Um, they have some really good guards this year. They're, I'm a little more skeptical about their forwards. This is why I think they should be lower. Um, they have Kirk Carriza, who was a tournament failure la- uh, last season. He just did not shoot the ball well at all, even though he's supposed to be a three-point marksman. You got Pell Larson coming off the bench, who is now going to probably be starting this season. Um, and we have Courtney Ramey, uh, who is coming in from Texas. He had an underwhelming senior season. He's a grad transfer, and I hope he picks it back up at Arizona. But he didn't have the best senior season uh, statistically at Texas. He didn't even make the 10-point-per-game mark. Um, out of the forwards that left, they still retain Azulas Tabilis. Um, he had a good tournament showing, so hopefully he can replicate that this season. And then after the bench from last season, they'll have Omar Balo. Um, again, they're going to have three guys who didn't start last season moving into the starting rule. I'm interested to see how this goes to this Wildcats team. Because I'm a lot, I'm very skeptical of this ranking at 16. I think this should be a lot lower. Um, but they could definitely prove me wrong. I mean, Arzelus Tubelis is one of the best. Sorry, Arzelus Tubelis is one of the best forwards in the country, and I think he could do a lot better than I expect. So Arizona at 16, I think they should be a lot lower. But you know, it's me. I get everything right. So moving on to 17. Sorry for talking so much. We have the TCU. We have the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, this team has been talked about so much by everyone, and I really don't have much to say. That's like a new or fascinating take. They return all five starters, Mike Miles, Damian Baugh, Chuck O'Bannon Jr., Emmanuel Miller, Eddie Lampkin. They combined for something like 49 points. It's ridiculous. Um, they also have guys like Micah Peavy and P.J. Haggerty coming off the bench. Micah Peavy, a really highly touted recruiter of high school, hasn't really found his role yet, but he should with TCU this year as a six-man and three-star um, for P.J. Haggerty, who's one of the most underrated recruits in the country, in my opinion. Um, Coach Jamie Dixon going to be leading this crew. Really excited to see what they can do. I think they should be higher than 17, um, but they could also, you know, they could have just been one of the teams that got super hot in the tournament last season and they end up failing. So you never know with this team, but I think that just based on what they showed last season, I feel like you can make them higher. Plus they're going to have really good chemistry from last season. So moving right at number 18, we have the Virginia Cavaliers. Ethan, what are we thinking? So Virginia returns, I think it's like an absurd amount. I think it's like 97 or 99% of their scoring from last year. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's in the upper echelon of power. So Virginia last year was not a top 25 team, correct? They were not, no. So you're putting this Virginia team. I, I get that they bring in some fashion. They bring in some transfers. They bring in some... A little bit of everything. But you're sitting here and you're telling me that you can just bring back this entire starting lineup that and a bench that didn't average enough points and wasn't able to defend good enough and weren't able to win enough games 
15 in the top 25 and you're going to put them at 18. I understand this is Tony Bennett in Virginia, but I think you're playing a bit too much off history with this one. All right. Um, that's pretty good analysis. Moving in number 19, we have the Oregon Ducks. Um, I think I was talking about this with Ethan before we were recording. I think there's a point at which this list kind of takes a talent, maybe drop off. I think it was kind of happened after Virginia. You go from like the elite contending and contending teams to kind of dark horse teams in this section. I think both these teams can be dark horses, but in particular Oregon. So we have two out of the three leading scores leaving. Um, they have Keyshawn Bartholomew transferring from Colorado, who averaged 11 a game, but this team will miss um, their guard scoring that left. Uh, the team front court looks better, though, as five-star Kel Ware comes uh, in to lead the pack with Kinsey Gurrier and Nefeli Dante coming on his side, who were both at Oregon last season, who combined average 18 points per game from the forward and center spots. Uh, combo guard Jermaine Quisnar comes in from South Carolina, but outside of him, I'm a little worried about depth. Dana Altman is known to take guys who don't necessarily have the most talent coming out of high school and make them into really good players. Case in point, guys like Peyton Pritchard, Chris Duarte, and others like Dylan Brooks. So I'm confident this team is going to be good. I just don't know how good they're going to be because their talent is a little less than other years outside of Kelaware. So I like this 19 ranking. Would I put them a little lower in my own list? Maybe, but 19 is totally cool for what this team gives. So number 20, another one of Ethan's favorite programs in Alabama. Ethan, what do you have to say about this team? I really like this team. I think that they have a very high ceiling. And I think that looking at the projected starters, it should be a lot of fun. And I mean that just because we're seeing Namari Burnett come back. He averaged 12.3 points in Europe. And he's not even in their projected starters. I personally have him there, but... You bring in Mark Sears, Jason Preston's replacement, and he did a phenomenal job. Jane Bradley, 19th in ESPN's 100. Dominic Welsh, Brandon Miller, 9 in the ESPN 100. And you retain Charles Bediaco, former five-star, pure paint presence. You'd love to see it for Alabama. They have so much talent. But Alabama's getting to the point with Nate Oates where – they have the talent. I'm not seeing it be used. 20 is a fair spot. I think that Nate Oates needs to prove something this year, personally. We'll see. All right. Uh, moving on to our number 21 spot here, we have the Yukon Huskies. So, Adama Snogo leads his team of returners in Jordan Hawkins and Andre Jackson, but this team is missing a lot of scoring from last season. They're missing RJ Cole and Tyrese Hunter at their guard spots and Isaiah, and Isaiah Whaley, who they all left to go try and make their luck work in the NBA. But 17 score Tristan Newton from East Carolina comes in to look some of this, um, to ease some of the bleeding that uh, is coming from losing three such valuable scores from a team. This team also adds Naheem Alaney from Virginia Tech and a de- and has a decent bench. So this team won't be as good as last season, I don't think. This team had a lot of talent last season. But Coach Dan Hurley has a decent starting five with them and some good bench depth. So I can definitely see him running with guys like Alex Caravan maybe in the starting lineup. 20 was fine. I would have him a little lower personally, but I think that this team could certainly uh, prove me wrong and go higher. So I'm not opposed to this ranking. And I'd Number 22, we have the Dayton Flyers. 
So obviously we remember the good old days, you know, right before COVID with Dayton and Obi Toppin when they were considered a potential national championship contender. Right, John? You remember the, the good old days before COVID? God, they could have had such a fun tournament run. I'm so pissed that Obi didn't get to play. But yes, I do remember that. So what if I told has the potential to repeat that season? Do they have an Obi Toppin, though? A guy who's of that caliber. So, Deron Holmes averaged 13 points a game as a freshman. You have someone in Malachi Smith from a year where he averaged 9.3 points, again, as a freshman. They have a lot of returning young talent. And those are just two of their top five players. You also have Kobe Ellis, RJ Blakeney, Tumani Kamara. I think this starting five is going to really, it's going to tear apart the A-10. They have some tough games. It should be a lot of fun. I think Anthony Grant is going to help take this team to the next level this year. I think that 22 is a very fair spot for a mid-major team. All right. Um, moving on to our number 23 spot, we have the San Diego State Aztecs. There is not much to be said with this team. If this team can figure out how to score outside of Matt Bradley, this team could honestly be one of the best teams in the country with how good they are defensively. Matt Bradley does return, though. He averaged 17 points per game last season and looks to improve upon that. But they also have a lot of returning guys. Um but their second leading score outside of Matt Bradley averaged 8.7 points a game. There's no one notable on the offensive end to look to. They have transfer Darian Trammell coming in from Seattle, who averaged over 17 points per game. But that's not the most elite competition he was playing against night in and night out. So if we're looking at a team who really needs an offensive boost, this team needs it. Um, and I don't really see anyone else giving them that outside of Matt Bradley. And hopefully Darian Trammell, again, this team's great defensively. Um, they have some guys who have some potential, guys like Baker Mazzara, um, who had transferred from Duquesne, but I am a bit skeptical. Do I have them in my top 25? Yes. And is this an appropriate ranking? Yes. But could I see them going a lot lower if Matt Bradley, got, you know, God forbid, gets hurt or doesn't have the same production as he did last season? I do. So San Diego's day at 23 is fine, but this team really needs to figure out how to get some scoring outside of him. So at number 24, we have Texas Tech. Ethan, let's hear about the Red Raiders. Well, the Red Raiders are going to have a lot of fun this year. They bring in three transfers and a freshman who are all going to have a significant impact. Devion Harmon from Oregon, nearly 11 points a game. Kerwin Walton, just 3.4 points at North Carolina, but he should have an impact. And Fardos Imak, eight, nearly 19 points at Utah Valley a beast of a center, Elijah Fisher, one of the best freshman newcomers in the country, as well as retaining Kevin O'Banner, who was a part of their play-it-by-ear offense last year with 10 points per game. He should be a lot of fun. This team should be a lot of fun. This should be one of five Texas teams in March Madness. I think 24 is a good spot for him. All right, moving on to our 25 spot, Ethan Walsh will be talking about uh, the least talented team in college basketball, the Illinois Illini. So the Fighting Illini come in. Well, 
two, either one or two players that are going to be starting from last year's team. It's going to really depend. ESPN has them as two, RJ Melendez and Coleman Hawkins, neither of which numbers jump out at you just by the pure points per game. However, RJ Melendez was in the 99th percentile for scores for points per minute. He averaged 3.8 points per game last year. He's ready to take the lead. Sky Clark, number 25 in ESPN 100, a former number one point guard in the country before tearing his ACL. Tara Shannon Jr., 10.4 points per game at Texas Tech this past season. And Matthew Mayer, a point forward, 9.8 points at Baylor. Team has so many new people on it, so many young, talented players. It's Illinois is either going to be a sh- shooting up in these rankings or falling out. There's going to be no in between. 25 through 23 is perfect for them. If this team wins the national championship, I'll give every single person who listened to this within 24 hours $5,000 along with paying for Ethan's college. So uh, that's that's my opinion on it. But that will be all from us. 